Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil mursaleen, wa khatamil nabiyyin, wa ala alihi tayyibin atahirin, wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsani ila yawmiddin wa ba'd. فقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد نعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نبي عبادي أني أنا الغفور الرحيم وأن عذابي هو العذاب الأليم وقال تعالى في مقام آخر يدعون ربهم خوفا وطمعا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الإيمان بين الرجاء والخوف أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My dear respected brothers and Sisters, respected elders and youngsters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our merciful creator, our cherisher, our nourisher, our provider, He instructs Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Surah Al Hijr, Nabi ibadi, inform my slaves. Inform my slaves and my servants. Tell them, Anni anal ghafoorul rahim, that verily I am the forgiving, the merciful. This is the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He attributes to Himself. And with great emphasis, He says, Anni anal ghafoorul rahim. Anni, there's a harf, of, there's a particle of, that is used to add emphasis. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on top of that, repeats the word, Anna which adds additional emphasis. Anni ana al-ghafoorul rahim. Verily, I am the forgiving, the merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His mercy knows no bounds. All the love and mercy and compassion that all the servants of Allah, all the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have to each other. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that if we add up all the mercy love, compassion, that any of the creation shows to any creation, including that of the cattle, the cow, after delivering the baby, how it has love for its baby, that it does not step on its own newborn calf. And within the animal kingdom, within the human beings, compare that to the mercy and love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is all a fraction of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the attribute Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to tell us, Nabi ibadi, tell my slaves, Anni anal ghafoor rahim. Verily I am the forgiving, I am the merciful. And then the other side is also mentioned at, as well. And Allah ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمُ And verily my punishment, it is a very dreadful punishment. But the scholars say here that we notice a change in the language of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which in Balagha is called iltifat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed the way he is addressing. When he spoke about his forgiveness and, and, his, mercy, and his mercy he didn't say my jannah is a great place. Nabi ibadi anna jannati that tell or anna jazai my reward is great. He attributed it directly to himself. He said anni ana I am forgiving and merciful. And if he continued with that same language, then when he came to the punishment, he could have said, وَأَنِّي أَنَا الْمُعَذِّبِ الْمُؤْلِمِ That verily I am the one who gives the adab, and I am the one who gives dreadful torment. But he did not say that. He didn't say, I am, I am the mu'adhib, I am the mu'lim. Rather, he distanced it, from, distanced it from himself 
by saying, My adab is very severe. The adab is very severe for whom it reaches, for who deserves it, but that is not my direct attribute. We see this in the tone adopted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the language used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He attributes mercy and forgiveness directly to His own being. And when he comes to talking about punishment and adab, then he says that, yeah, the adab itself it's maybe severe. Not necessarily that I'm the one who is the most severe in my own nature. And that is why we see that in Hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, ala lisani rasuli Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, through the tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that verily, inna rahmati sabaqat ghadabi. My mercy, it has overpowered and overcome my anger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is greater. Then his anger. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, he says, Inna rahmati wasi'at kulla shay. Verily my mercy extends to everything. This is the first lesson we learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it comes to the Quran, the first ayah of the Quran that we recite, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. We begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abtadiu, I begin, Bismillah, with taking isti'anan, taking the help of Allah, or tabaruk, Bismillah, taking the barakah of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Allah, there are two attributes mentioned about Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes commonly people say He has 99 beautiful names. Right? So this is incorrect. It's not only 99 names. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, as Allah ta'ala says that, لَوْ أَنَّ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجَرَةٍ أَقْلَامٍ وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرُ مَا نَفِيدَتْ كَرِمَاتُ اللَّهِ If you take all the trees of the world, from the Amazon jungle, from the African jungles and the forests that cover Europe and Canada and America and turn them into pencils and you take all the seven oceans, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, Indian Ocean turn them into ink and you begin writing the praises and names of Allah, attributes of Allah all the pens will finish, all the oceans will finish of ink but the praises of Allah will never finish so these are 99 that are very limited names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that were given to us by Rasulullah sallallahu in one particular hadith. That's in Tirmidhi and other books of hadith. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu narrates uh, the, these 99 names in a narration. But they are not limited to 99 by any means. In fact, we find in one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu in one dua of Rasulullah sallallahu he specifically mentions this point. He says, Allahumma inni abduk. O Allah, I am your slave. Wabnu abdik, I am the son of your slave. Not only I am your slave, my father is your slave. Wabnu amatik, I am a son of your slave girl. My mother is your slave. Nasiyati biyatik, my forehead is in your control. You can drag it in any direction you wish. Ma'adin fiya hukmuk, whatever you decide about me, it shall come to pass. Adlun fiya qadauk, whatever you judge regarding me is just. It can never be injustice. As'aluka bikullismin huwalak. I ask you by invoking all of your names. Sammayta bihi nafsak that you have named yourself. Aw anzaltahu fi kitabik or you have revealed in your book. Aw allamtahu ahadan min khalqik or you have taught any one of your creation. The ones you have taught me in 99 names and the ones names that you have taught any of your creation. And lastly, aw ista'atharata bihi fi ilmil ghaybi indak. And I ask you by invoking all of those names as well that are preserved in your knowledge of the unseen which you have not shared with any of your creation. So there's so many more names out there. 
Allah is infinite in His being and His attributes, so how can His names be finite? So His names are. I ask you by invoking all of those names which are reserved in your knowledge of the unseen, which you have not shared with any of your creation. What do I ask? This is just the beginning part of the dua. And I ask that you make the Qur'an al-Azim the spring of my heart and the means of removing all my distress and worries and anxieties. And the one that will lead me and take me towards Jannah. The blaze of your rewards. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has so many names. Untold number of names, infinite number of names. So when we start, Bismillah, we could have had any of them. But the one, the name that we begin the Quran with is Ar-Rahman. And then after that is Ar-Rahim. We have two names. And they could have been derived from two different root letters. Because you have infinite choices. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He chose the first choice, it comes from Rahmah. And then He had a second choice to put there, it also comes from Rahmah. Rahman comes from Rahma and Rahim comes from Rahma. First name coming from first attribute, Bismillah, I begin the name of Allah. Who is that Allah? He is Rahman. Who else is he? He is also Rahim. Double dose. Double time Allah is showing that his mercy. That being whose Rahma is all encompassing, Amur Rahma, and that being whose mercy is Tamur Rahma, who's complete as well. So when you open the Quran, we begin with the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we come to the study of hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then there is a hadith that amongst the scholars of hadith is known as Al-Hadithul Musalsal Bil Awaliyah. That hadith with every scholar of hadith for the past generations all the way up to the tabi'een, they started their dars as the first hadith that they taught their student. So our teacher in hadith, when we were studying hadith, he said, now you are taking Sanad and Ijazah and you are joining the unbroken chain of scholars all the way back to Rasulullah I'm going to teach you the first hadith that Samiratum min Shaykhi that I heard from my teacher. Haddathana. He narrated to us the following hadith. And when he narrated to us, my teacher, he told us, This is the first hadith I heard from my teacher. And he mentioned his teacher's name. And his teacher now is the grand teacher. He says that, This is the first hadith I learned from my teacher. And his teacher, his teacher, this is the first hadith when you come to all the, now we cannot say infinite because Nabi wasallam is finite, his ahadith are finite, is limited. He is the creation, but the best of the creation. At the same time, he is from the creation. He is afdalul khalqi ajma'in, the best of the entire creation. You don't have finite, infinite number of hadiths, but most definitely they have thousands and thousands of hadiths you could start off your lecture with, your lesson with, your education with. But the first hadith we learned from Rasulullah in when we formally learn a hadith, and it actually has the title of Al-Hadith Al-Musalsal Bil-Awaliyah, the hadith which continually from generation to generation has been the first hadith taught is the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu that he narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the whole hadith is revolving around rahma and mercy these three words come from mercy 
Then, irhamu man fil ard, fourth word comes from mercy. Yarhamkum man fil sama, fifth word also from mercy. Which means, ar-rahimun, those who are merciful, those who embody mercy in, when they behave and how they interact with other people, they are merciful in their nature, they are kind in their nature, the way they interact with those whom they know, those who they don't know. With friends and foes, they are merciful. Ar-rahimun, those who are merciful, yarhamuhum ar-rahman. Then the most merciful Allah will be merciful to those merciful people. Very simple moral lesson. Be merciful to those who are on the earth. Be merciful to the creation of Allah. Then the being in the sky will be merciful unto you. Allah will be merciful unto you. Allah will extend His mercy to you if you are merciful to others. So this is the first lesson we learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the first lesson we learned from the hadith of Rasulullah This is the greater manifestation of the, from the sifat of Allah. Is anni anal ghafoor rahim. He is forgiving and merciful in his very nature. As far as the punishment is concerned, it is distant from Allah. So, having this background in mind, then how great a tragedy it is if we can still allow the enemies of Allah and the enemies of Islam enemies of Rasulullah portray our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as violent portray our Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as cruel as unjust and we are very much concerned about what is the image of Muslims in the media what do people say about Muslims how they are uh, maligning us how they are misrepresenting us but it is not limited about our image is beyond our own image. Who are we to have an image and to be worried about our image? We have brought destruction upon ourselves through our own sins, and through our own negligence. But beyond that, what we should genuinely be concerned about is what is the image that is being portrayed about our beloved and noble Prophet And how he was the embodiment of, of moral excellence and perfection in character and how he has been portrayed. And even beyond that, that is not the end of it. But rather, the misrepresentation goes all the way to Allah Azza wa Jal Himself, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. For that Allah, who is the most merciful, and He is saying in very clear words, Ya ibadi, lo balagat dhunubuka anana sama, thumma sawfartani ghafartu laka wala ubali. That, O son of Adam, if you are given, if there are physical shapes given to your sins, and you commit so many sins, so many sins that they cover the surface of the entire earth. The entire earth and globe is covered with your sins. And then after that you don't stop. You continue committing more sins so that it becomes a second layer of sins on top of that. And then a third layer. And they start piling up until it fills up the expanse of the entire heavens and reaches the edges of the universe. Anana sama. Then you seek forgiveness for me if you show humbleness to me even one time and have genuine regret and shed one tear out of uh, out of nadama and regret Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in hadith Qudsi through the lisan through the tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I will forgive every single one of your sins and I will not care inna Allah yabsutu yadahu bil-layl yatubu musi'u al-nahar wa yabsutu yadahu bil-nahar liyatubu musi'u al-layl Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I am looking forward with great expectation throughout the hours of the night. When will the sinner of the day come and seek forgiveness from me? So I may forgive him. And I'm sending out 
I, I, my, I'm waiting throughout the hours of the day to ex look forward, when will the sinner of the night come and seek forgiveness from me so I'm ready to forgive. SubhanAllah, this is how forgiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So clear in our deen. One of the names of Allah is Al-Wadud, the one who is the greatest lover, the one who loves his slaves, who has wood. And he's the one who creates love in the hearts of his slaves for those who love him. Those who believe in righteous deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places their love in the hearts of his creation. He is Al-Wadud, the source of Allah. As-Salam, the source of peace. So it is our responsibility to introduce this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to our people, to our citizens of this country, to the people of the world. This is our responsibility. When others are saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is cruel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear, Inna Allah la nasa shay'a. It is impossible from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever to do any injustice on any creation. La yadhlamuna naqira. La yadhlamuna nasa shay'a. You will not do any, any minute amount of zulm and, and oppression on anyone. In fact, if, we, if you ask, will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be just with his slaves? Justice, the scholars say, is the worst case scenario. The absolute worst case scenario which you should never ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the worst possible outcome is if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to be just. Why? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala balances, uh, puts on the scale all his blessings, on that day, most surely you'll be asked regarding his blessings and his favors and his reminders. And on the other side, the loyalty we owed Allah, the allegiance we owed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what we deserve, then what we deserve is a, a very, very bad outcome indeed. In the world, we try to seek justice and we fight for justice. But in, in the akhirah, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we trust me, we do not want justice. We, it sounds very strange to say it like that, but that is the reality. That we do not want justice from Allah. We do not want adal. What do we ask from Allah? Fadal. We ask from Allah His bounty, His grace. We do not want from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives us what we deserve, but we ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He gives us what befits Him as the greatest benefactor. Beyond what we deserve from His mercy, He showers His mercy upon us. And at the end of the day, if we are going to enter Jannah, it is not going to be on the basis of our own good deeds, it's going to be on the basis of the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very common point of contention with the Christians that they in debates with Muslims and in, um, on different platforms, sometimes they mention if you had any discussions with uh, Christians at work or at school, those who are more religious adhering Christians, they might say that we, have, we are very humble and we believe that we cannot attain salvation until we believe in our Savior. And we have a Savior and our Savior is Jesus, the Son of God. He died on the cross for our sins. Whereas your worldview is very arrogant that you feel that you will enter paradise based on your own good deeds. That you are so great and you are so powerful and you are so accomplished. You do good deeds and you enter paradise based on your own good deeds. Whereas we are humble, we believe we have a Savior. Jesus is our Savior. We believe in Him, and because of our belief in Him, our sins will be pardoned. You don't have any Savior. So what should your response be when you, are, when you hear this, or when you are approached in such a manner? You should say that, no, 
Of course, we have a savior too. We are not without a savior. We are not relying only on our good deeds. We have a savior who will save us from the adab of Jahannam. And our savior is Allah Azza wa Jal Himself. And what's the dalil for that? The evidence for that is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, everyone will enter Jannah only through the sheer fadl and grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in, may Allah reward them. One of them was so bold to ask, even you? How about you? Will you not enter Jannah based on your own accomplishments? Based on your own good deeds? So he said, even myself, even myself, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enshrouds me and covers me with his mercy, I will not be able to be entered into Jannah as well. So where do we stand? We are all desiring that mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let us not take the Christian outlook of life and say that we believe Jesus is Savior and then continue to commit sins and it's fine. That is not the way to go. That is not the object of this understanding. We still have to do good deeds. It's not futile. It's not a waste of time. Okay, we just need the mercy of Allah, so we don't need to do good deeds. That would be an absolutely wrong conclusion. What it means is, we try our best to do good deeds. We try our best to abstain from the disobedience of Allah. Where we make a mistake, we seek forgiveness from Allah. Where we trip and fall, we get up, dust ourselves, and keep moving forward. But at the end of the day, our trust and our reliance and our hope and our aspiration is not based on our good deeds, but rather we are doing all of these good deeds only to earn the acceptance from Allah, earn the forgiveness from Allah, earn the rahmah from Allah. And when we earn that, then everything will be successful. Everything, all of the stages hereafter, we will pass through with flying colors. What we have to do, we have to earn that mercy. That is why they say that perhaps one sajda that is done in a particular circumstance may be so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a decision to forgive all the rest of the sins there's so many examples of these uh, incidents in the past that we learn through mubashirat and through dreams of righteous people that one good deed was, was done with such sincerity such humbleness such genuine good deed that it became the means of forgiveness of all the other sins and a means of securing jannah and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we don't know what that good deed is. That is the problem. We cannot just do one sajda now and say that's it because Allah will accept that sajda and we stop. We have to continue on. We cannot give up. Continue to engage in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the death overcomes you. And going back to the beginning, I mentioned the hadith of Rasulullah. The reality of, of faith is that it is between hope and fear. We have to continue to have hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to lose hope, but at the same time, we have to have fear from His punishment. Such a fear that will prevent us from His disobedience, and such a hope in His, in his acceptance that will spur us on to do good deeds. And the reality of faith is between them. We ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that reality of iman, such a yaqeen tahawinu bihi alayna masa'ib ad-dunya that will make the trials of this world easy for us and I wanted to mention this at the end when majority of the people are here right at the end of the talk of course this is coming in the announcements as well that we are all definitely aware of the great tragedy that is taking place in Burma 
We are reciting Khulut Nazla here at Darussalam every Fajr. And there is also a rally tomorrow at the Federal Plaza from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. There are buses from different masajid that are leaving nearest for us. We have the MSI Masjid at 12.45 p.m. There will be a bus taking people. So this is an opportunity for us to speak out against this oppression. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya amanun bil qist. O those who believe, stand up and speak for justice. As I said, we don't ask justice from Allah. We ask from Allah fadl, forgiveness and grace. But from the world, we can ask for justice. Um, so speak out for justice. So this, these are very horrific atrocities taking place. I do not want to cause further pain to you by repeating what is going on. We are fully aware of, of uh, the genocide, ethnic cleansing, and um, orchestrated attacks, burning of villages, and killing of people, and dishonoring our sisters that is taking place. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them sabr jameel and elevate their status in the hereafter for being so persecuted as they have been classified as the most persecuted people in the world by the United Nations. And yet they are um, prevented all aid groups from reaching that area where they're inside Myanmar. They're not allowed to reach there and help them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow the leaders of the Muslim world to awaken from their slumber and, and realize their responsibility that they will be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. For every person will be responsible for the level of authority Allah has given them. Every one of you is responsible and will be asked based on the level of responsibility you have. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a tongue. We should use this tongue to speak out against this. So this is a very important march and rally tomorrow. We should all participate in that. And we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely, individually, collectively. Do a'mal, fast, make istighfar, send salawat on Rasulullah Ask for the mercy of Allah to descend upon us. And if possible, write letters to members of Congress and those in, in the positions of government. And make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide our Muslim leaders to make a united stand and speak out against these horrific acts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our Muslim ummah throughout the world and protect us in this country as well.